Oliver Braid. I'm Ellie Harrison. Uh, and this is the Ellie and Oliver Show. We're reporting live from Glasgow on July the 13th. It's actually our second Friday the 13th show, Ellie. I know. I didn't really think about that until today. It's also a birthday of my friend Deli Eliamo, so happy birthday to him. Uh, and actually, Deli is a little bit of an inspiration for this show, unknowingly. It'll oh be dear. a nice birthday surprise for him. Um... Because this, this week's show, I'd like to talk about behaviours, and so that's our theme. I'm just going to put it right out there, because I like that. And the reason I say Delhi is a bit of an inspiration for this show is because a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about um, some people, and he was talking about how they weren't acting in a very professional manner. Mm-hmm. And, um, it wasn't you, was it? It wasn't me, but it could be me at some other points, because I think I'm in a situation, right, where... I'm very torn at the age of 28 between making this shift. Are you really 28 now? I'm 28 now. I'm 28. I wish I was 27. That was a lovely year. 28's been good too, though. Um, Yeah, I have been thinking basically about this shift in my own behaviour towards whether... Well, basically, I'm just torn whether I should continue to behave how I behave or whether whether it would be more prudential of me to alter my behaviour in certain situations to suit the needs of other people because I think that this is what a lot of people do in a business scenario. They think, well, these people aren't my friends. We're here to do a job. We're doing something. So I don't need to have all the... I don't need to behave in the way that I would behave with people that I care about and want to feel relaxed. I just behave in a sort of uh, a much more self-interested manner, you know, or, you know, in a way that's just appropriate... Yeah. to the world of business or, you know, to whatever situation we're in. Mm. And I just, I really worry about this because I think almost part of my existence or part of the way that I behave is sometimes driven to disrupt those attitudes when I see them creeping into situations. I want to battle with them. I don't want to just get sucked into that behavior with everyone else. But then I worry by doing that. It might actually just be really immature and petulant of me and perhaps I should just go with this other type of behaviour. I just can't make up my mind which is the right kind of behaviour. Well, shall I feed in some insights? Yeah, give me some insights. Some things that I learnt last week. Yeah, please. While I was in London. It's really interesting, actually. Because that idea of having a bit of a split personality, I suppose, is what you're talking about. You're having a personality at work and then you're having a personality in leisure time. Mm -hmm. And... I went to this talk while I was down at Marxism Festival, which I mentioned to you. Um, It was brilliant, actually. It was called Neoliberalism in the Workplace, The Political Economy of Bullshit. (laughs) And it was basic. It was the only talk that I went to out of the 17 talks that was vaguely humorous in any way. And it was kind of looking at the business language or the language of neoliberalism or this kind of like entrepreneurial or professional attitude that maybe you're talking about, and looking at how that has crept in, not only in the business world, Mm -hmm. because obviously that's where it originated, where people 
are never themselves. Let's just say people working in the business world are never themselves because nobody would really, really, really want to do that, would they? I don't know. What's the right thing to do in that situation? Well, well tell me your thing and then we'll talk about what the right behaviour is. But what's happened over the last 30 years is that this language has crept into all different fields of work. So mm -hmm. most important, well, what they were talking about is how it's crept into the public sector. So like hospitals and... Even trade unions are starting to use this like managerial language. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the people at the top that are kind of imposing it on the people below them, they kind of get sucked into it, they believe it, but the people below them, this the talk was advocating resistance and resistance mm -hmm. based on picking them up and saying, You don't actually believe that nonsense do you yep. you don't really speak like that do you and that that's really important to keep puncturing i want to do it to my boss all the time but the danger is i am um, i'm a big fan of barbara ehrenreich i like all of her books but last year she released this book called bright-sided which is all about positive psychology and positive thinking in american culture and how one of the examples she gives in the George Bush administration, because George Bush, you know, he used to be a cheerleader when he was at university, and anyone who criticised his policies that was in his, I don't know whatever you call it, his party, they were like more likely to get fired for, being, for having like negative attitudes. So rather than... And one of the examples she gives is that all the people who predicted that the financial meltdown was coming and tried to intervene with it earlier on were hushed up because they were being... They weren't speaking in this kind of positive business language. They weren't looking for the positive. They were actually trying to be critical about things. Well, apparently, uh, well, another thing that came out of this talk is the fact that this, this language and this positive spin that's put on everything is just to mask over the fact that the shit is hitting the fan big time. Yeah. <laughs> and that as soon as, you know, the language just gets wrapped up um, and this optimism and this positivity just to mask the fact that everything's crumbling below. Yeah. I mean, because I think real optimism is actually about honesty with people and being very honest about a situation. So it's not just about trying to gloss over things, but it is about looking at how we can be constructively responsive to critical. things that are happening. Yeah, how we can be critical. Actually, but in a constructive way. But in a constructive way. That's yeah. what Marx would have wanted. Uh, because for, uh, for apart from my own behaviour, like I suppose my two policies of general behaviour, are that I try to be really honest with people, Yeah. even if it's actually a very inappropriate situation. So there's, I remember when I was writing my dissertation, uh, sometimes I'd go into meetings and I'd be like, oh yeah, I just got this from Wikipedia. And then afterwards I used to think, why are you doing that to yourself? Because lots of other people will go in and like say other things that sound much better. Yeah. And it just looks a lot better. Um, but one of the other reasons that I do it is because I'm really interested in trying to make people feel relaxed yeah. when I'm around them. I want people to feel like as if they can be on a completely different, like, or just very calm and like very honest with me. Like last year I had a meeting with a lady who runs a gallery. I'm not going to uh, speak where, but we were, I was having a cigarette and she asked me if she could make a cigarette out of my tobacco. And I said, yeah before we went into the meeting and then after we'd rolled it and we were smoking halfway through i realized that the night before i'd actually crumbled a little bit something extra into that packet of tobacco and um i thought well, what's the right behavior in this situation and i just thought well the only thing i can do is tell her because it's basically like you've spiked someone <laughs> so um i did have to tell her but then i think 
I wonder whether, as a business person, she appreciates the honesty and as one human being talking to another human being, or whether she'd just rather not know because we're actually like we're not friends. We're working in a professional capacity, and I have a real tendency to forget that. And I wonder if it's a good thing, or actually whether it hinders me. I'm no clearer know. to the answer. I would rather know. I think I would get freaked out if I suddenly just started to feel like really stoned and I didn't recall taking yeah. any drugs. Like, I would rather know. Yeah. But I think it's something that we've talked about in the past, isn't it? About, or maybe we've talked about it in Artists Anonymous, actually. I think this definitely, we can't repeat that. I think it definitely links it. into other shows. I think it links into influence. Okay, is? but I was going to say, I was in the middle of saying something, Oliver. Sorry, just tell completely me. No, tell cut me, me off. Bad behaviour. Very bad. Um, yeah, let's go back to our hand putting up thing because sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, because otherwise I feel I lose my thread. Good behaviour. Um, but as I was saying, and it's something that relates to this idea of the split personality, like you, in an ideal world, this is the world that I'm striving for and have been striving for for the last two years. I remove all contradiction from my life. Mm. I know it's like actually completely impossible, and I think it is almost completely impossible in a capitalist society, but that is the goal. And I think that if you want to remove contradiction from your life, then you have to be the same at work as you are at home. You have to be the same person throughout. And I think that that's something that we have talked about at Arts Anonymous is about when you're an artist... Um, you're much because it's just you working for yourself, doing all the emails and negotiating all of the things that you're organising. That it's difficult to separate private life, personal life, from work life. Mm-hmm. So, y- in that way, you can come across as unprofessional, I suppose. But sod it. Well, this is one of the reasons that I'm interested in the way people split up their behavioural attitudes in different times because actually i've been wondering whether it would actually be more positive for me to put my life into segments because it would introduce like very specific structure yeah but but that that interest in doing that sort of results in sadness when i realize that i haven't done it yet again yet again i've acted in an unprofessional i mean at work at actual work where i work in the museum i feel very much like i'm not really um speaking from the voice of my employer because you know there's that video that we used to watch by david hoyle where he says anyone who speaks on behalf of their employer is a stupid cunt well it is true and um (laughs) yeah i mean that really echoes through my mind like when people ask me about objects in the museum should i speak to them about objects like i'm supposed to or should i talk to them about why they're so interested in objects which is something that i'm much more interested like do they want to have a conversation with the museum yeah i mean i guess they do like i'm representing the museum but it just seems so unnatural yeah one thing that i started to do and it's one of the comments that i made after this talk that i was at was um when you know when you have to ring call centers because they're talking about call centers as the new kind of factories Mm -hmm. um in, in the trade union movement. <laughs> and they're identifying them as, 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 as a mass of workers that could potentially be politicised and cause a revolution. That's what they were thinking. Yeah, interesting. Party. Anyway, but one of the things I started to do is, like, whenever I have to, like, come into contact with somebody in a bank or in a call centre or paying a bill or anything like that, I really just try to engage them as a human being me too 
rather than engage them as an employee of that institution. Mm -hmm. So last time I rang, I had to ring a really evil bank, which I'm not even going to mention <laughs> because I don't want to promote them. Um, I had to ring them and, and I just got into a lovely chat with this women about the financial crisis and all of the problems oh, that's because, nice. like just to engage her and I, and I said at the end she had to ask me like d uh, can I just ask you did you find the call useful today like because they obviously mm -hmm. have to do some sort of weird survey um, and I said I just said to her yeah it was amazing thank you so much you're wasted working for that evil bank you should be out saving <laughs> the world just like and she agreed with me Whoa. I hope she wasn't recorded I hope she, her call wasn't recorded and will be used against her in some horrible but what's really difficult is that actually you know businesses like that one of the things that you're taught when you work for uh, like a business like that, I guess, is that you want to connect with the customer. You should yeah. be connecting with the customer. And so you do have to make that decision whether if you really want to connect with the customer, then maybe you have to speak your own views and you have to be honest that yeah, I'm working for the, I'm doing this job because I need to eat yeah. and we all need to eat. But simultaneously, I've got my own views and opinions. I think if companies let people do that, it would feel, I would feel a lot more trusting of the companies that I was dealing with yeah i guess so you would but at the same time the cup the companies are shitting themselves because they you know it, like okay maybe i'm a bit feeling a bit of a like radical mindset having sat through all of those talks at marxism but it just felt like and okay i've been reading too much like socialist propaganda but it just feels like there's this like latent energy like everyone's pissed off you know mm -hmm. everyone's working for people that they don't want to be working for. Like nobody can be themselves like and everyone's like the wage labor nation because they need to f because the cost of living is so expensive that they've got to work more and more and more and more like there's this latent energy and like once you do puncture that and if you puncture it by being yourself yeah then that, and if everyone punctures it, one person sees another person puncturing it, another person's himself and himself and himself and himself, and, himself, and, himself, and, himself, and mm -hmm. then then you do have a revolution. And the companies know that. You know, they're scared that they're about that latent energy, and they're terrified, and they tell you why, because of 99%, because there's 99% of us feel like that, and 1% are just swanning around, like spewing all this business language and trying to hope that nobody will ever notice. Mm. I know it is very difficult. I think it's particularly difficult when business language is framed in a positive way because actually the feeling that it makes you feel when you do puncture that is as if you're being a drag, like yeah. you're ruining it for everyone else. But that's how it works to keep you, to maintain the status quo. It's like sort of by bullying you into making you feel like you are ruining it. You're the one that's ruining it for everyone else by not doing it. But actually, I mean, I think sometimes I do it for myself as well. You know, I'm I'm really conscious of, um, you know, on quite a few shows I've talked about this idea of like when you're really speaking, what you really mean, you can feel it inside your body. Yeah. A lot of the time, one of my biggest causes of disappointment in myself is when I feel like complacent behavior. Yeah. And when I'm just speaking in those set languages, which are basically the same as positive psychology business language, just like a set of responses that you have. Yeah. Where you're not really actually engaging with that person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's a problem because actually that kind of positive psychology business language is really a way of disengaging people. Like, because exactly. they just get the answer that they that people have assumed, that, oh, they want to hear that. 
and it's said with a happy voice. Now I can just get on. Um, it's song time. Song time. I wow, think. okay. So it's totally my song this week. First, uh, I wanted to move on a bit, actually, to talk about um, what I talked about before, making this choice about whether I'm being a bit immature by just living this lifestyle and whether I should be more grown up. And so this is just a song by Danny Brown. I think he's quite cool, sometimes a bit aggressive, but I think this one's like a bit calmer and it's called Grown Up. meal with school lunch. Now I spit a 16 straight with no punch. Remember all the dinner, all we ate was Captain Crunch. Now we blow big blunts on our way to brunch. Went from good fella to commissary slips. Now I got back up, man, every time I slept. Never ever quit, I just kept on pursuing. Teacher always asked me, what was I doing? Scribbled in my notebook and never did homework. Low attention spam, cause these Adderall work. Rock Tommy Hill shirts, ones with the boat. Rock poor kicks way before we even smoke. Used to have baby lungs choking when I hit it. Nowadays, make the whole seven in a sitting. Remember back then, man, we thought we grown up. Rushing at a kid just to be grown up. Yeah. Rushing at a kid just to be grown up. Yeah. Whoever thought I'd be the greatest growing up. Yeah. Whoever, whoever thought I'd be the greatest growing up. I can eat a pound and six, 64 powders. Burn up fire and drown drops of water. Son, I told you I got them bangs like Goya. Gone up them heels, got me jumping off the sofa. Hotter than a hot pocket out the devil microwave. Model bitches begging just to be a nigga sex slave. Excited for garments like a tailor made. And when these bitches see me, man, they wetter than a Everglades. Every day, same shit, me getting paid. Waking up new bitch, me getting laid. Used to take bottle back, waitress bring the bottle back. Now they see me shining and they looking like a sour patch. Niggas catch a heart attack. Newport salt pack, never blow blunt raps. But these blunt raps sewn up. Whoever thought I'd be the greatest growing up? Yeah. Rushing at a kid just to be grown up. Yeah. Whoever thought I'd be the greatest growing up? Hello, Eleanor. I did enjoy that, actually. It's nice, right? Nice and calm. Yeah, it was calm. It was. I didn't really listen to the lyrics, sorry. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, this I'm enjoying this discussion today. And I guess one of the things I was thinking about, or two things, you know you're saying about putting in things in boxes, mm-hmm. like behaving in a certain way at a certain time of day. Yeah. But we've had to actually had to do that, really, with our relationship a bit, haven't yeah. we? And I don't know whether I don't know if, I don't know if this does enable the removing of contradiction. I think in 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 an in a socialist society where I wasn't your evil landlady, mm. that wouldn't be an issue. We'd be living more as equals, I suppose, and so we wouldn't have to like have those discussions separate from our friendship discussions, okay. which we have separate from. Uh, work discussion. But I do view them all as part of our friendship, actually. And I also think that we don't necessarily change our behavior that much. 
I think we've segmented different areas of discussion, but I would say that we're fairly similar people at all points of other discussions like we don't have you know when we have a business meeting yeah we don't suddenly we're like we still have a laugh right we're still yeah, just having ties fun. <laughs> <laughs> and come in with our briefcases <laughs> like, but this is the, that's the only people that i'm really interested in working with properly are people that i don't feel are trying to bullshit me yeah. or like well no definitely i don't think you can produce work with someone unless you're just having a really honest relationship with them or at oh, least yeah. open the, I guess, like, the one thing that I, um, the only other thing that I really thought about that I could contribute to this discussion, I'm sure there'll be other things pop to mind, is like, okay, if we reach this really pure state where we're just being ourselves, mm-hmm. and we're being ourselves no matter what situation this we problematic. get into, yeah. <laughs> and we're not living a lie in any way, Good. Um, we're just being ourselves when we're in the bank, we're being ourselves when we're... Um, at the pub, I yeah. say that. Like, I never go to the fucking pub. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, that lifestyle or that way of being kind of gets commodified as well. Does it not? Mm. Does it not become like this sort of desirable, like... I guess free and easy attitude. I'm thinking that's why I brought that book in, which I book book I read last year. It's called No Collar, and the subtitle is The Humane Workplace and Its Hidden Costs. Mm. And the idea of that um, book is that the idea behind that book is that kind of like the birth of the internet and as it's referred to the new economy, like the mm-hmm. digital economy. Um, when people started to get nice jobs working in the creative industries as mm-hmm. web designers and all the rest of it, that <coughs> a lot of the companies m- tried to make the working environments as like um, humane as possible. So they'd have ping pong tables. That's exactly what I thought. That's the exact <laughs> image that I had in my mind. And all the rest of it. Um, but then the hidden cost of that, I don't quite know how this relates exactly to how I started off this discussion, but the hidden cost is that there is no distinguishing between work yeah. and leisure. And you're still working for the man. You're still, like, speaking the words of your employer. employer. But they're your words. They're yeah. your creativity. But they're being used for, you know, to make somebody else shitloads of money. The thing is, I think maybe separate behaviours for different situations like is actually like quite interesting and contra- because you know without contradictions we can never value different states so i was in sainsbury's last night buying a tub of ben and jerry's oh, and yeah. um there was a boy in front of me in the queue and he did that thing that everyone does when they're in supermarkets like the guy says behind the counter how are you you're right but you know he's only saying that because he has to say it and then you have to say, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. But he was really like, yeah, he was just like, yeah, I'm fine, and then just left. And I was thinking, like, oh, quite shy. But then I was thinking, like, well, yeah, maybe he's awkward in the supermarket, but actually he might be outrageously wild when he's with his friends. And if he didn't have that awkward supermarket moment, then we might not be able to appreciate his true personality. But what's the ideal situation is that you can go into a supermarket. It's a bit like you were talking about before, where when someone asks you that conversation, then you have a proper convivial moment with it. And it's not about yeah. just turning customers over quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And let's pretend that I care. 
it's actually just about spending that time to have a bit of a chat. But when it does happen, when people do it to me in shops the other way around, I feel very awkward about it. I sort of begin to feel like they're crossing the line. Yeah, well, it's like um, if somebody asks you on the street, how are you? And I know we've discussed this before, I think, in AA. It's like, do you actually say... Oh, I'm feeling really depressed. Actually, I've got <laughs> this and that, that. I don't know what to do. I've got no one to talk to. And like, do you just like open out, open up, and tell them all that shit, or can they not really, really be bothered? Like this. Oh, go on. What were you I was going to say that I've always found that when you do open up to somebody and you do say what you really feel, that you really, really regret it because it will always make no, you closer to that person. Oh. Okay, maybe if I was just the checkout person in Sainsbury's. But then next time you go in, you know, maybe you are building up a little friendship. You can do, or sometimes I find it makes me feel quite awkward the next time I go in and I don't really know quite how to look at the... Like, there's this one guy that works in a Sainsbury's down the road and he once was like, oh, do you have a nice weekend? And I was like, yeah, I'm right. He's like, do you go to polo? I was like, oh... (laughs) How outrageous Polo's a homosexual nightclub, for anyone who doesn't know. I was a bit like, that is far too familiar. I might be married with children. <laughs> it was a bit outrageous, because we don't really know each other. And now I feel like I can't really look at him. I, I dread being served by him, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, in case he ever listens. But on the subject of supermarkets, one of the other things I was talking about with my friend Ashley this week was how I really like to go to supermarkets, because they're kind of... Uh, uh, designed to make you feel like you know calmer and you want to spend more time in there. Oh, yeah. So I was Are like, they? I fucking hate. Them. Well, but anyway, but so I like to go in supermarkets just to kind of try to suck that calmness out of them. But unfortunately, I do often end up buying things as well, so it does sort of work on a double. You know, it doesn't work completely successfully. But I was wondering. I posed this question to Ashley. Like, do you think if you went to a supermarket at nine in the morning and stayed there till five at night? just hanging out there, would it be okay? Or do you think that someone would try to eject you? Would you be allowed to just utilise that public space? I suppose it's not just public. Like, are you allowed? I think somebody would eject you because it's really interesting. It's like you're puncturing, like, what is normal to do in that shop because um, some friends of mine, like, quite a few years ago did this sort of activist artist tour of the UK called the Stop Shopping Tour. And one of the things that they do is go into Asda... They'd all take a trolley, I don't know, maybe there's 30, 40 of them, something like that, and then they'd all just walk around the supermarket in a line, not putting anything in the trolleys, <laughs> and they would do that until security noticed, and they were always thrown out, and it can get to the point where the bloody police are called, and you're not actually doing you're anything not ju- illegal. But did you know what the d- I was thinking? The difference is, it's like there's, you could be performing one of two actions, you could be browsing, or you could be loitering. And I think if you're browsing, you're much more likely to stay in. And the reason that yeah. is is because the word browsing is associated with purchasing, yeah. whereas loitering is like hanging out, you know. Yeah. But I like to hang out in supermarkets and walk around and look at things. Well, I think anything that, that I think any way of reappropriating these like private spaces because they're essentially private spaces. Yeah. We should try to do because more and more of our public spaces are becoming privatized, and we need to reappropriate them and and just not use them for the functions that we're sort of prescribed. 
to think of them. Yeah, like just hanging out. That might be quite a good opportunity to go into my song, actually. Okay, perfect. Okay, Is that's that right? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect timing this week. I think that you should uh, bring up that thing you were going to talk about next week somehow. Okay, yeah, I'd like to talk about it. We'll talk about it next week. We'll leave on a cliffhanger. <laughs> okay, we're just going to play a really old song, but I think it links into the idea of reappropriating private spaces and just doing whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> It's for super fairy animals. It's called bad behaviour. Oh. Okay, well, have a lovely week, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.
Ellie.